Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Padraplegics podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing how we transition from being an able-bodied person to having a disability, some of the things that went through our minds, some of the things that made it easier for us, uh, some maybe some of the mistakes we made, uh, anything in the middle of it. Uh, Eric is definitely going to be part of this conversation considering he was born perfect. So he will answer the majority of these this this discussion. Um, Before, so if you guys don't like hearing Eric's voice, sorry. <laughs> I just remember a white light before, and then I was here. And then I was like, oh, God, yes, here I am. <laughs> I made So we didn't mean to disclude him in this, in this conversation, even though it was his idea. So before you guys start sending me messages of how we did not include Eric into this conversation... Send them over to Kenny, whatever direction he is of me. I don't know. Because it was his idea in the first place. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for the three of us, um, you know, I, I was 18 when I got my accident. I don't know how old you – I can't remember how old you guys were. Um, but uh, I think why don't we just roundtable and start around to, to remind everybody what it is, when we got in our accident – and what what our levels are and then we can kind of go through and uh discuss some of the things that were easier or more difficult for us um we can start with you LaRonda um, we didn't see you well, last week so <laughs> we can start with you yeah well um my injury happened when I was 11 um it was a gunshot wound um I don't I'm a, actually I'm an incomplete para but I I do not keep up with like my levels my injury level because it just it doesn't to be honest it really doesn't matter to me I don't try to um kind of I don't say I dwell on it or anything like that um so it just doesn't matter <laughs> you know to, to me what anybody's like basically level um level is so I don't really um I couldn't give you a clear-cut answer of what my level is um or whatnot I just tell you I'm an incomplete parent call it a day but um what else like okay so well um, uh, why don't we go to don let him say what his is and then, we'll, and then we'll go around don yeah. all right yeah uh my injury happened when i was 18 years old as well um uh my injury was from a diving accident diving into a lake uh where i grew up in wisconsin and uh my injury level was at c56 uh complete so i'm considered a quadriplegic or um, if you're using a person first uh, language, I'm a person with quadriplegia. So <laughs> that's kind of the PC way of saying it now. Yes, it is. Well, what, what about you, Eric? What, when did you get in your accident? Well, <laughs> I remember swimming really fast, and then I hit this barrier, Ooh. and then I became <laughs> like this interesting little egg thing and then the next uh, thing i knew it you, now, you know the thing was when i was born is when i got my accident and i was born two months early i was born breech um i i stopped breathing for a little while i couldn't avoid any of my uh urine or 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 feces 
And so I had a bunch of things that weren't working for me. My legs were purple when I was born. Um, so I had a lack of blood flow down there. And um, that all resulted in my current injury that I have. Um, they think it's around a T, T11. But I mean, really, you can actually see the scar because I'm hypersensitive in that area. So there's like some, some skin buildup on my back just in that area. It's kind of weird. Um, Let's see it. Uh, no. <laughs> are you now a time are you saying that you have a tail no i don't have a tail i do not have a tail i want to make that very clear there is no tail <laughs> i mean there would be nothing wrong with you, if you nothing wrong yeah with the but tail. there's no tail but there is no tail i'm just letting you know i will tell you the truth if i had a tail i'd give you that but there is no tail Okay. All right. Just check it. Yep. No. Nope. I had I had follow up questions. If the answer were yes, <laughs> if there's no extra flap of skin. There's nothing like that. So no. <laughs> so you said your current level is. I mean, you're what you're considered as a uh, like a T11, T12. I'm a partial para. Um, and and the crazy thing about it is, from when I was young. I had a lot of spasms, a lot of spasms, couldn't control my legs. Um, I, 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 it was really bad. And as I've gotten older, uh, that has mellowed out quite a bit. Um, it's almost like I matured into the perfection of who I am right now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what? I'm just going to let that one go. <laughs> I, I was hoping people wouldn't say anything, but you know. <laughs> my feet are off the ground yeah so i think the next portion of the, the kind of the thing is when you got into your accident is it something that you realized right away so is it something that that you knew was a complete life-changing event Rhonda? Uh, can i can i just stop you just for a second sean <laughs> yeah we sure. we didn't hear you right oh whoops Sorry. I'm just saying, you know, I, forgot I know about it. I was more interested in going around, but okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I got my accident when I was 18, uh, crashed my car. I fell asleep driving. Um, and I am a C5, C6, incomplete person with quadriplegia. Very good. <laughs> you can learn. Wow. Look, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm all for trying to, to, to get rid of my micro and macro aggressions. So I, I'm trying to get rid of those. So I am a person with quadriplegia. So yes. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so where was I at? Question. All right. Do you remember what the question was? Something to do with after your... Did you know right away? Yeah. Did you know right away when you were injured or when you woke up from your injury, I guess, for some of us, uh, that your life was going to be different for, for here nope. and out, I guess. Nope. Mm. Well, Rhonda? well, for me, I tried to walk several times. It was hard for, hard for me, um, to do the kind of the, um, you know, for the transition, it was really hard for me because I remember, um, being at Freighter Memorial Hospital, in the spinal cord injury unit and like I will I will try to get up and walk like I will 
I fell so much because I was like, you know, my legs felt different. They felt like it was always on fire. And I felt like if I was able to feel this burning sensation constantly, you know, in my legs that, you know, maybe, you know, if I keep trying, keep trying that it would just happen. So um, it took me a little bit um, to kind of stop basically trying because I, I like every day, you know what I'm saying? I, um, I try to, I try to stand up and walk like every day. My therapist just get mad at me um, and just everything. They had my mom come and sit and talk to me. You know, they had threatened me that they were going to strap me in the bed. <laughs> strapped me down in a bed because I just kept trying to stand up so I, I rejected anything to do with being disabled I was mean I was angry <clears throat> I actually ran away from you ran away yep wow. I ran away from the hospital uh really they, <laughs> they had everybody out looking for me but I got lost in the tunnels. If you know Frederick Memorial Hospital, they connect all the like all the hospitals connect. So I got lost in the tunnels, and they found me down. They found me down in the tunnel, um, or whatnot. So it was hard. It was it was hard for me. It took me a minute to accept that this is what it was. So I want to follow up with you while we're while we're we're talking. You know your your story. You said you were you were mean and you were and you were angry, and you were upset. I think those are very, very valid feelings for people to have um, yep. in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. And you said you were 11. Um, so that also is an extremely difficult time in your life in general, right? Um, mm -hmm. So when you talk about being mean and angry, what are there any things that you can remember that you did to try to help yourself move past that? stage or are you still in that stage um um what helped what what could kind of help me was um I would say my mom um at the, you know my mom um and and my you know my family they were they 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 kind of helped kind of really helped me um uh, with that and I was very mature at a certain age and so I you know I to be honest this is like one day that I was like I mean, nothing's going to hold me back. You know what I'm saying? And I was always the type of person where if you say I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that, I'm going to prove to you that I could. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I kind of, um, it, it did take me years. It did take me a couple years because I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go outside. You know, I didn't want to do any, like any of any of that. I just wanted to stay in the house. I didn't want to leave out the house. Um, so I was out of school for a while because I refused to go to school um, and um, and things of that nature. So um, it took me it took me years. It took me years to become comfortable um, with just being, you know, in the chair. And it was because people challenged me, too. So it was like like a lot of people, you know, had this stigma or, or you know, had this because she can't do anything. I hated people helping me. That was what made me. Um, do change a lot because everybody was like over me like a little baby and you know just different did and I hated that I I hated it. I hated you know having to ask people for help so I was like you know what I'll just work it out myself and as I started doing that it became I think it just became one day just it was like whatever so you were you were able to be 
comfortable exiting out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. And I, you, yeah. 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 And putting yourself in, I put myself in a lot of uncomfortable situations. I mean, I had it hard with my disability. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had a hard, I had a, I had a rough, so I had to learn, you know what I'm saying? I had, I had to learn. So I had no, it's like, I really, I did, like I said, I had no choice. I was in a lot of uncomfortable um, situations where I had to make it work. Nice. Don, so the same questions would go for you. Do you remember when you woke up from surgeries or when you had your accident, even at the time, do you remember feeling that your life was going to be completely different and uh, how did yeah, you deal with that? I do. I, I do remember my accident. Uh, I remember diving in and uh, hitting my head on the bottom of the lake and then suddenly not being able to move. Uh, so I was conscious. And um, so I, I held my breath. I was floating face down and, and just uh, hoping that somebody, one of my friends saw me, you know, and it felt like forever, but luckily, you know, obviously one of them did and they flipped me over. Um, but I knew immediately what had happened. Um, I had no idea what that meant for my life, the repercussions. Um, you know, I didn't know at that time if it was something that could be fixed or if this was a permanent thing or anything. So I do remember that that moment in my life and um, probably for the next 30 minutes, you know, the ambulance and um, them coming to get me out of the water. And then after that, uh, it's quite a blur for maybe the next week or so. I have little spots of memories and things like that, but I'm sure I was pretty heavily medicated and maybe a chalk and all that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of knew what, what happened and I was scared. You know, I, I prayed to God right there, you know, I was, you know, calling out for, you know, please God, don't let me be paralyzed, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the, the kind of the worst part looking back was that my sister was there when it happened. So she saw it. And so it was pretty traumatic for her. So, um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was obviously a turning point in my life. And um, when I did come to in the hospital, um, I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, that was, had some very dark nights there for a long time. And um, like LaRonda said, you know, I, at first, um, I really did not want to be babied at all. I wanted to be able to do things, but and in my situation, I needed all the help I could get. You know, I couldn't even feed myself at first. So going from a healthy 18-year-old, very athletic uh, person to now requiring somebody to, to feed me or help me sit up and all those things was very difficult. And that was just the So what are, what are some of the, I mean, do you remember any of the processes that you went through, um, you know, as far as mentally and emotionally to be able to, become i mean you know who you are today which is, seems to be a very accomplished um comfortable person with quadriplegia uh, thank you <clears throat> yeah see you learning uh by the way we're we're in the members only club i think so if you want to say quad that's okay <laughs> <laughs> or other things that you've called me i mean can we call can we say crip too or not yeah, i mean I, is that <laughs> Is that illegal? 
we've done that before. Maybe not, uh, not in the <laughs> public, but and, and was. <laughs> so, but uh, getting back to the question, you know, it's. Uh, I guess we've all heard Psych 101, uh, the uh, Kubler-Ross's uh, stages of grieving, and you know, denial, anger, bargaining, uh, depression, acceptance, kind of thing, um, and. I remember going through some of those things. I, not all of them, obviously. Uh, everybody deals with it differently. But um, I definitely remember at first kind of denial. You know, this isn't happening to me. This is kind of a bad dream. I'm going to wake up from um, it. And uh, when that didn't happen, then I went through the bargaining phase. You know, please, God, let me just move my hands or move whatever it is. And I will be the best person, uh, you know, forever. <laughs> And uh, those type of things. Um, I never, I don't remember going through an anger, real angry phase, but I mean, that's certainly part of the acceptance process for a lot of people as well. And especially, you know, for some people like myself, who it was, no, it was my fault, you know, that this happened. So, you know, I was kind of angry at myself for letting it happen. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, I had the guilt of my sister being there and those type of things. So it was a lot. It was it was dealing with quite a bit. Um, luckily for me, I had a very supportive family, and I also, you know, a lot of good friends and, and strong uh, support network. So that was that was very comforting for me. They were always there for me, and that makes a huge difference when you're trying to get through something like that. Um, so I'll, I mean, I'll throw it back at you, Sean. I mean. Do you remember the moment? I think I remember your story of laying there looking at a drop of dew on the grass or something like that. Do you want to? Yeah. So you're. Yeah, you're, I remember all of it um, up until the EMT guys stole my earrings. You know, like I remember it all the way to the to that point. And then, oh, like you said, cool. yeah, I had I had two two and a half carat diamond earrings and. And they, yeah, they took them all. They said, we got to take your earrings off. And then I never saw them again. So I don't know where they uh, went. Um, if you're listening, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I know that's uh, right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I remember um, trying to move and not being able to. And then I kind of had, um, you know, I had a friend in, high school who had a diving accident like yours and who was paralyzed who is a, also a person with quadriplegia um and so i kind of knew then oh man i think this is happening to me um, because i couldn't really move anything uh, at the time uh at the very beginning i could swing my arms but i think that really kind of did me more damage than it did did me good at that point because i was kind of waving my arms at nobody but um yeah i felt a uh overwhelming sense of uh oh you know like things are going to be different but never you never realize how different right and um and one of the things for me is you know through 22 years there's a lot of peaks and valleys there's a lot of a, a lot of peaks and valleys when it comes to how i feel about myself and my being a you know disabled and being a quad those kind of things um but for for me i think what helped me is a lot of people who supported me um and i went through 
a couple of different phases um, that were probably very different from the phases that they say in psychology 101. Um, I went through a very who gives a shit, it's not a big deal to really bad abuse of substances um, then to kind of growing into wow it's really not the place that I should be um, and then trying to get into a happy place mentally from substances to okay this is who I am I'm happy with who I am and then going into a phase of as you get older things start changing again right I'm you know, I'm almost 40 years old. So it, your life, you start beginning, you know, your body, like when you're 20, when you're 18 and 20, when you're quad, you're quad or you're injured, you know, you, you, I didn't hurt. I didn't, all these different things didn't, you know, my body didn't hurt. I could sit in my chair for 36 hours straight and party and do whatever I wanted to do, you know, but uh, as you get older, things begin, begin to get a little different. And so you go through that phase again, I felt like, um, you know, and another time in my life, I had to go through the phase of, oh my God, is this what it's going to be like? And then if not worse, every year for me, for the rest of my life, and then learning to manage your meds the right way and manage your life the right way to where you can kind of decrease some of those issues or at least manage some of those issues which then allow you to be personally happier and emotionally happier and allow you to get on and do things in life. Um, another thing that helped me was finding something that I enjoyed doing. Um, you know, uh, I was, I was in college and all that good, good stuff and hanging out and partying and doing all that. But once that ended for me, like I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, I had my business that I started, but I don't, I didn't, I don't like it. I don't like sitting on my computer and typing paperwork to insurance companies all day. Like anybody who tells you they like that, they, they got problems. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so I had to find something that I enjoyed, a hobby, uh, something like, you know, for me, it's mixed martial arts. You know, I do a lot with that. So um, once I found something like that, uh, it, it allowed me to be part of a community that had nothing to do with a disability that had nothing to do with anybody who knew me prior to anything other than the day I started in the mixed martial arts world um, and allowed me to build personally goals and confidence in a different way you know mm -hmm. like outside of the confidence that I had built in myself as it's okay to be in a chair right it's okay to be disabled and it's okay that you know i can't you know do certain things for myself and all that once you get past that then you i valid and, and i'm peaked again and so um i don't know i kind of rambled a little bit there but um i hope that answered what you were looking for <laughs> <laughs> question for you sean then uh you know the peaks and valleys that you're talking about um do you think that's with everybody in life or just mm -hmm. sure specifically because of your disability? Uh, I do. I, I think it, I think it's with everybody. Um, but like anything that, you know, when, you know, all four of us know when it comes to having a disability, you know, everything's kind of 
magnified times 10, you know, that yeah. your, if your back hurts for a normal person, for us, it's probably way worse. You know, if you right. got a bladder infection as a normal human being, mm-hmm. you just take some meds and move on with your day. For right. us, you might be laid up for a week, you know, so, yep. um, you know, it's kind of magnified. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, I think that one of my valleys in my life was was really 100% related to the my dis the disability or you know you know my my quadriplegia um but the other one of the valleys i think was just really of a life valley you know like it's just a, a regular normal things that happen to everybody else you know relationship didn't work and then you move from that to Oh, you know, like this is not happening well for me and this is not happening well for me and I'm getting older and my beard's getting gray and you know, <laughs> those kind of things. So What's wrong yeah. with the gray like, beard? I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you, Sean, because that's like, you know, for years, once I got past um, you know, all the anger and I like really accept it, um, this is this is my life. You know, once I I'm gonna tell you I went through, I will say probably about a year, two years ago, if not, you know, about a year ago or so or whatnot, when I um, basically separated from my, you know, first my husband or whatever and decided to get out and date, I had so, my anxiety came so bad, like, you know, about being disabled. I was so, I went through, I had never, I mean, now this is something I had, that was something I never really, you know, experienced because I was always comfortable you know, for who I was, because I didn't have to really think about it. I didn't have to get out into this world, you know what I'm saying, and and kind of present myself in this world in that way. But then when I had to go out and present myself as a single woman and wanted to date, I mean, explaining a bio program, um, I had anxiety about that. Like, oh, you know, how I got to a point where I was like, I'm done, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life because I got so tired of justifying who I was as a person and justifying my daily life things that I have to do and some people find it um as a problem and me realizing like it's not a problem I'm human I mean I have to do these things and this has to happen but so I have went through that I went through that phase um to where my disability people will question you know um just explaining it to people and I just felt like I shouldn't have to like I'm human, I'm this, I, you know, I, I, so I did go through a real, a real bad time where I just literally hated being, uh, you know, and I thought I was, I, I hated being disabled. I really did. I hated it. And I, and then I have to look at myself like, Lauren, I thought you got past this. I thought you, you know, literally got past, um, got past it. But yeah, now, I mean, I'm 40, 44 now. And this, like I said, this just happened in my forties. I was like, yeah, I didn't want to explain to any, anybody about it. And if they asked me, I snapped, like I will go off, <laughs> you know, so, but I'm better now. <laughs> you know, so, I think can I, when you say something like that, Oh, uh, one second. Cause I wanted to share the topic mm-hmm. she was just talking about when you, when you, when you talk about that and it's very frustrating when you talk about when you into the dating world, and and trying to explain yourself and and all these things when you're looked at externally and somebody can see what your issues are automatically right mm-hmm. so when some when i used to 
you know, people used to say stuff to me like, oh, you know, are you disabled? Or what's your life like being disabled? I'd say, well, what's your life like being short? <laughs> well, what's your life like being redheaded? Like, what's your life like, you know, having one eye bigger than the other, right? Like, you, so it, you kind of, one, you kind of sometimes like get, I mean, you get past, I'm way past that now at this point, mm -hmm. but, right. you know, you kind of like feel like you almost have to justify yourself as I'm mm -hmm. disabled before I'm Sean, right? Right, so right. Not that. And if exactly. you can't see past that, Mm -hmm. see ya I don't want to be with, I don't want to be with you anyways mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't even really it wasn't I'm gonna tell you to be honest it was a lot of women also like you know um you know it, it's just like I, I felt like you know you know it was just hard it was it was literally you know it was literally hard like when people were like oh you had a baby yeah you know why not did you have you know so I, that was just a, that was a, something else that I had to adjust to another um, way of, of dealing with my disability, you know, that I had to um, that I had to just adjust. And it was like I said, it, it's hard. It was hard. It really was hard for me. And I'm like, like I said, I was I was in my 40s when I actually experienced, you know, experienced that. Yeah. Eric, go ahead. So uh, as a lifer, you know, um, I don't know the difference. And people would really piss me off. I mean, just because I got sick of people seeing me in a certain light, you know, to say, you know, all four of us, I'm sure have experiences and, and still experiences today is the great advantage of knowing what to be, to be underestimated, you know, mm -hmm. people underestimate us constantly. And that's my superpower. <laughs> that well, that's my superpower. If if I'm a, if I'm a say, you know, if I had a superpower, that would be mine. You know, people underestimate me constantly, and and then they're surprised. They're like, "Oh my God, you could do this!" And it's like, it's not that I can do this. It's that I'm choosing to do this. Anyone could do this. You know, it's not that big a deal in my light because this is me. Preconceived what? notions. They have preconceived notions, or they make yeah. a judgment by seeing you with a disability. Right, right, right. You know, and I mean, I, I would run into. I remember the first time that I really became aware of how people saw me differently is I was going up for my first Holy Communion in church, and I had crutches, and the whole church was tiled. And churches <laughs> echo like horrendously. And I'm like going, and everyone's got their head bowed and everything. And I'm going chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> and everyone's doing this. They're all looking to the side like, who the heck is this? And I'm just like, okay, I guess this is just how it's going to be. The world is going to be looking at me. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily mm. like it, but that's just how it is, you know? Mm. And, and, and they all had, you know, everyone's got their ways of seeing people. I mean, I, when I was in high school, in elementary school, I, I'd get in fights because people would, you know, see me a certain way and I would not always respond the way they wanted me to. And I would do things <laughs> unexpected all the time. Like I was, okay, if I, I'm going to share one thing and then I'll let, I'll let this conversation go. Um, when I was on the playgrounds, when I was a kid, we had the old swing sets, 
you know, the ones that were really tall, the big, the big stainless steel ones where you could swing super high and then you jump right. off and then you fly through the air. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, what I did is I would climb up to the top and then I would, I would, I would scaffold across the beam just <laughs> hand over hand. And then I would climb down the chain onto the swing. Then I would swing up as high as I could. And then I would launch myself off and I would land on my hands in the sand. Wow. And, you know, obviously the. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Sean, that's not right, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. The you point knew I was that was happening. You knew that was coming. Lying to the air, landing on his hands. Yeah, I mean, but this is just what I did as a kid. And the point is, people people did look at me differently, and I had to deal with it, even though I didn't have a previous experience. Sean, I'm going to get you back for that, man. <laughs> I want to see. Did you did you beat anybody with your crutches, or your your, your uh, did you ever beat anybody up with those? I almost broke someone's leg one time, um, <laughs> hitting hitting them with my crutch. Um, I actually got into a couple fist fights, um, and uh, let's just put it this way: I, I, I didn't it, it they didn't really go well because um, uh, they basically hit me and ran off, sort of stuff. Um, so you know. Uh, but you know that's that's the thing i mean you know when you have a disability being bullied as a kid is just something that happens you know no no people used to tell me they'll be like oh i hit you you can't catch me you can't catch me but i had an aim don't let me have a full soda bottle like a soda can i would tear the back of your head up really (laughs) oh yeah oh oh yeah i grew up my cousin yeah I would, I would, I had an aim out this world. I used to love it when they always say, "Oh, you can't catch me." I'd be like, "Okay, motherfucker, I ain't worried about it. Hit me if you want to. You go. <laughs> you best to believe a piece of this chair gonna come off. Flying. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm lying. laughs> oh, you guys got a couple of extra pieces taped on just in case. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm right. I will tear yeah, you yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, I said tear, I said tear somebody up. Uh, if you want to bully me, if you want to. I'm sorry if I bullied you, Eric. That was mean. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. No, it was I hilarious when I saw. You could, you could use these filter things, and I wanted to try it out. That that was hilarious. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'll get you back for it. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm uh, I'm lost now. I, right. I, I'm I'm bought. Right. All right. I'm frazzled. Well, I anyways, like I'd say, I have a question that I want to ask you guys, like far as like you know being disabled and going into the working community. Like, what was your experience with you know kind of with that? Because for me, it, it was hard. I got turned down for so many jobs and. You know, and I knew it was clearly because I was disabled. I knew I could do the job, but, you know, I knew that it was clearly because of my disability. So how did you guys deal with that? I mean, you know, you especially have a good 
input onto this question because now I mean you're you have three things that go against you as far as mm-hmm. high, as far as the work and employment environment goes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look statistically, you're mm-hmm. an African American, you're a woman, mm-hmm. and you're a person with a disability. So um, mm-hmm. that's difficult. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that had to have been for you. Um, mm-hmm. My my experience, uh, you know, I, I I started my own company when I was eight, 19 years old. Um, so I really haven't had to rely on that, um, you know, thankfully. Um, but as far as with my other stuff, as far as work for mixed martial arts goes, it was very difficult because, you know, when you're sitting in a position to where you're telling people who win a round of very athletic people spin kicking each other in the face and they say, well, they won and I say, no, you didn't. And they say, well, what, what the fuck? How do you know? You know, and it's like, <laughs> you, can't I mean, you know, so you have to deal with that, right? You have to be comfortable mm-hmm. enough with yourself and what you find as what your expertise or the things you know, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't go outside <laughs> your lane because once you go outside your lane, they're going to find a reason to not let you in any of the lanes, right? So mm-hmm. you stay in it, you figure out where your expertise is and you go down it and you work twice as hard as everybody else you know i mean mm-hmm. i wa- i've watched hours and hours and hours i mean i couldn't tell you how many hundreds of hours of people fist fighting each other i have watched so you know i mean it's for somebody to tell me that i haven't put my work in is for mm-hmm. me I, it's laughable i laugh at them and say okay whatever man you can think what you want to think you know because i'm comfortable enough in that did you have to break it down for them? Did you have to be like, well, when you were throwing this cross jab and that person did a leg sweep and this person, and then you followed up with a crossbar, you know, did you have to break it yeah, down and sometimes. be like, yeah, that was. Sometimes you can do that. Um, and I think for me, it depended on how they approached me with it. Um, they approached me with it, uh, with the really actual honest curiosity of like, Hey, you know, what was it that you saw in there? So I can get better as a martial artist. Right. I would be more than happy to explain to them what it is, the criteria it is that we look for. And this is why we score on this criteria. Um, But most of the time, I'm going to be honest with you. They don't even know what the criteria of the scoring of their own sport is. So when they come to me and they say things that most of the time are, completely irrational and asinine i just i was gonna whatever okay cool like if you don't like me don't like me i don't give a shit you know i'm sorry y'all it's all right so anyways um mm-hmm. don you want to ronda whoever wants to go eric well uh the uh, employment thing is is a tough issue for for us with disabilities for sure um i mean i don't I don't know the exact statistic, but I think it's like 70 to 75% unemployment for people mm-hmm. with severe disabilities. And, you know, I, I know we've discussed this before, but just briefly again, uh, a lot of people are, are very much afraid of losing uh, any kind of benefits. Could be their caregiver, their oh, yeah. um, you know, any kind of uh, government or guaranteed income, you know, they're, they're afraid of losing all that taking that leap back to work. And that's mm-hmm. exactly where I was when I was going to school, because I knew if I started working and making some money, I would get cut off from my, my Medicaid and my caregiver. So I would lose my caregiver if I started working and it was just a vicious cycle. And so for me, I just became a, a professional student and 
took out more loans and worked with folk rehab and just went to school for, for years and years, which I loved, but it wasn't getting me anywhere um, until we, well, working with the, the state government, um, passed a program called Freedom to Work Program, which is available yeah. now to anybody that's, that's afraid to get to work, get mm -hmm. afraid of losing their benefits, check into it. There are programs out there that can help you make that transition and you don't have to be afraid. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and Lorana knows too, because she worked at Social Security as we talked mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there, are ways, there are ways to do it. And um, I think employment is so important uh, because mm -hmm. of, as you mentioned, Sean, earlier, finding a purpose in life and having that reason to get up in the morning, even, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever job you're doing, it, it gives you that sense of kind of purpose and giving back. And uh, I remember the first time I paid taxes, I was, I was proud to do it because it meant that I was making money, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, was, yeah. I, I was like, ah, well, people complain about paying taxes all the time. And mm -hmm. here I am, my first couple of paychecks and I'm giving back, so. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It gives I like you a to sense call it the pride. three D's. The three D's: discipline, mm -hmm. distraction, and dignity. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Sean. Discipline to exactly. get up every day and do something. Mm -hmm. Distraction keeps the things that you would sit and worry about all day long mm -hmm. keeps those away. And dignity: if you live with dignity, then anybody who comes and says anything or looks at you different or anything of the sort, mm -hmm. it won't matter to you. Well, you know, right. And see what my degree, my degree is in human resources. And um, when I initially started working, um, I ended up working for um, an independent living center. And I just studied like the ABA and just learned it like the back of my hand, like the back of my hand. Then when I went to college, I kind of layered that with a human resources degree. And so my whole thing is, is that I always felt like you know, educating, my, my thing is educating yourself on the laws, you know, the laws, because there's a thing called reasonable accommodation. Um, there's like all these different types of things that, you know, that's in place that an employer has to do. You know, a lot of us, we don't know about the EEOC and things of that nature. So, you know, my thing was, is that I was going to make some, somebody was going to hire me. <laughs> you know somebody was going to hire me and I felt like I said it, it helped it did help and being able to work and and provide a, you know an income for myself and for my family it did give me a sense of a sense of pride this gave me a sense of pride everything I always tell people you know anything easy that's lent that hand that's landed in your lap it to me is not worth it I don't want it you know what I'm saying um, everything you have to, you have to work for and being disabled, you learn how to advocate for yourself. And so those were, those, those things were hard. Like I said, I had to do a lot of advocating. I had to, I had to kick down a lot of doors. I had to take the lower pay. Um, and it was all because of my disability and, and, and just, just, I think a lot of other things, but you know, um, just, it was just, it's just, it was hard. It, it was, it was hard. LaRonda, I, I was laughing because you said kick down a lot of doors. I knew I that's what you were I, I knew that's about. what you were laughing at. I'm not I knew it. Well, what I was like, I'm not <laughs> I still use though. I'm I'm going for a walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, I, I'm, I'm so easily person. I'm so easily entertained by this stuff. It's just crazy. So I'm mm -hmm. sorry about that. 
That's okay. That's Eric, okay. I want to hear about you. Time. What about for you? Well, tap that snooze Hold button. On. Let me get that snooze button back up. <laughs> get it ready. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, you know, one of the one of the one of the disadvantages of being born with a disability is perspective. I did not have a very good perspective of how to be on my own. Um, my, you know, my mom was, she was there for me, you know, she was really, she fought for me. Like she fought hard for me. She, she made sure I was, you know, getting educated. Uh, the school didn't necessarily want to do that. Um, you know, she, she, he really learned how to push my buttons to get me to do stuff. And I say that with love, you know, I say that with love because she was, she, she figured out how to challenge my, how to get me to challenge myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I got into the world, I, I just, this was back in like what? The thirties and forties. 1932. <laughs> uh, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was, I, 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 everybody listening. I'm sorry. I, I cut it, Eric. I just, no, that's okay. That's okay. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, uh, this was back ahead, in the seventies and eighties, uh, were the years of my schooling. I, I went through a lot of surgeries. And uh, those surgeries actually, I would attribute to trauma for myself because I did. I went through six surgeries as a child uh, between uh, about 11 and 13. I went through six major surgeries for my hip and my, for my back. And they were telling me they didn't know if I was going to live to be 18 because of my back curvature and stuff like that. So, I mean, I had, I had some scares when I was a kid and I went through many years that I didn't get any education. Okay. And I did, I had, I had relatives that really, you know, they wanted to take care of me. You know, I mean, that's, that's just, they didn't want me to struggle in my life. They loved me. They didn't want me to struggle, but they didn't understand that I needed that challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I got to co- when I got the chance to go to college, man, I left home, I was done. I was like, is it, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. And I had to slowly wake up to the world and find out that the world is not as nice or generous or, you know, cause I was surrounded by people that cared for me, you know, and I had people in school that I didn't get along with that of course always happens, but I also had a lot of people that really were in my corner. And when I got out to the real world, you know, now I started finding out, you know, I was a sucker. I was a rube. People could, people could, you know, play their cons with me. And I, I just fall for every single one of those little bad boys. Oh, serious. LaRonda, you would have, you would have, you would have, you would have. I mean, seriously, I didn't have it. I would have punched you in a throat for being so gullible. Seriously, that was that was one of the words that was used commonly with me. Eric, you're so gullible. Oh my god, you know. And it's just because I mean, I grew up in the country in Minnesota, you know, and you know where my major interactions were with my relatives. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's just how it was. And we came, I came from big families, you know, big farm mm-hmm. families. And so, so all my interactions with people that knew me 
and had a vested interest in me as a relative, as opposed to a complete stranger. And so after I got in college, I, I basically took my leave of, of that. And I went to college and then I traveled around the nation a little bit and I lived out of my car. I did all kinds of things to, yeah, I really was homeless for a while. I mean, I, I wasn't even kidding with that, but that was. <laughs> in a van down by the river. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Taking baths at the river. That's right. That's right. You know. You could have did yeah. naked and afraid. You could have been the first disabled individual to do naked and afraid. Not see, oh, a little too awesome. See, a little too shy for that. Little too shy for that. <laughs> I couldn't see my because I'd be dragging my ass around in the woods. I mean, they wouldn't give me my wheelchair. They take that. They take that away from me. <laughs> so now I'd be just dragging myself around, bloodying up my legs, doing all kinds of things tying palm palm leaves to my hips See? so that my legs don't get all you know hurt yeah, and, yeah, wheelchair out of bamboo or something like right. that yeah. That's what I'm right. you would have been awesome eric you would have been so awesome on naked and afraid come on oh. it let's get eric on naked and afraid the first it would, it, it would just there'd be a permanent blur you know i mean it would just be bad it would just be bad it, it would all you need is your crutches Oh, you well, I wouldn't even because they take that away. They take that away from me too. They'd be like, well, "What do you want, those, Tiny Tim? You could have right, whittled some, some of bamboo. those. You can make some crutches out some bamboo sticks." <laughs> you know, I don't know what the tool would have been. Like, if they would have offered me a tool, I think I would have taken uh, probably a knife. You know, to kill things. You know, on the ground as it came for me. You're just going to hang up in the tree until something you know, I mean, and then <laughs> Have you seen? I mean, there's rats galore in some of these places, man. I would have been, I would have been living like a king if I would have learned. I would have been the rat king. That's what I would have been. I would have been the rat king. Oh, I did have a serious question to ask you about what you were talking about. I'm sorry. So, no, it's okay. <laughs> Thinking about naked and afraid. Um, you talked about how your mom did a lot of advocacy for you and oh, yeah. helped you through a lot of things. Um, would you, what would you recommend to somebody who is young and disabled or even somebody whose mother of a disabled child or is listening to this? What would you recommend the level of how in depth they should be into your life as far as helping you with all yeah no that's that's a good question um okay so look you know a mother in general protects their child from the world you right. know to make sure that this kid gets a good a good start in life okay make sure that you know tragedies don't happen to this person so i think the mother should be doing that and, and to be honest, I've seen, I've seen mothers who have kids with disabilities that don't even measure up. You know, I mean, they just, they're, they give up on their child completely. I've seen it. It's sad, you know? So I've seen the other side too. So it, when it comes to independence, I think that's where the line needs to get drawn. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, the moment that, I lose my independence, my ability to make my own decisions, to go off into life because of some 
constriction, you know, constrictive belief from a parent parental figure, or if the parent feels like they need to lie to you to get you to do, to manipulate you or to control you. Okay. That's when you need to stop people. That's when you need to stop because you're letting your fear of what's going to happen to your child, stop mm -hmm. them from growing up and living life. And did it, did, was there like a, was there ever any like anger or turmoil between you and your mother when you decided that you were going to leave? Like, was it, did um, it have an effect on the relationship? You know, my mom and I got along pretty well. Um, uh, I get very stubborn at times. And so when I make up my mind to do something um, and it's not always the best decision, um, I would just do it. And so there would be those times that my mom would be rightfully concerned and angry with me. And, but there were, there were also moments when, you know, my parents really tried to do right by me. They, they, they really, they really tried to spare me some of the hardship that comes along with having a disability. Um, mm -hmm. I had a surgery that went bad and I had to go back in to have another surgery, a corrective surgery. And they didn't want to tell me because I was just starting to get into my flow with school again. I was just starting to get in with, you know, doing homework and going to school and get my routine. And so she, she, she didn't tell me until the week I'm going into surgery. And I, I was very upset. I, I, to say the least that I think that was the biggest fight my mom and I had. And you know, I was just so upset about that. And we know, resolved it and everything, but it, she was trying to help me because I was going through so much at the time. I mean, that's six surgeries in three years is a lot of surgeries, you know? And uh, I, I almost died. Maybe I, I did. Huh? What? I didn't say anything. You know, you know, <laughs> you know what, um, Sean, to, to kind of really kind of uh, working with working at social security, I would encourage, I would encourage people like the parents to kind of let back. I encourage them when they will, when they will come in yep. and they will see me and they will ask and I will see how they will hover over the child yep. and everything. And I, I would tell them, I was like, you're doing a disjustice to this child by doing, you know, by doing this, you know, they can go to college, they can do so much, so many different type of things. And, and it, it like, like um, Eric says, like some parents manipulated these kids yeah. to, for this disability will come in for them to get this check. I have seen people that just would never grow because the, of, of the things that the parent instilled in them about their disability and about the outside world. They would never be able to do this. You would never be able to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah. all of that came from the parent. You know, all of that came from, you know, from the parent because of the parent's fear of, of this child going in, out into this world, which is understandable, but it was, it always did like a disjustice, you know, to the, to the individual because you're not going to live forever. Your parents are not going to live forever. And, right. you know, once they pass or, you know, they become, they can become disabled themselves and can't, you know, care for you the way that they used to. And then now you got this 50 year old disabled individual that still got 10 years to live or, you know, 20 years, 30 years of live that mm -hmm. don't know nothing. Well, and to yeah, add I think there's that, there's that level, there's that line, you know, and I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, being born with a disability or, 
it mm-hmm. actually happening later in life changes mm-hmm. a lot of that. And then also mm-hmm. I think your personalities as individuals change a lot of that too, you know, and mm-hmm. I have a very strong, strong personality mother and I have a very strong personality myself. So, you know, there's times where <laughs> is that what it's called? It's called strong personality. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, that's you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to speak about myself. So, uh, so yeah, so there's times in which we've had many not fun discussions, <laughs> if you want to call them, or, you know, and, but it's, it's all done in, in certain senses of love, right? They, they don't want you to be hurt, but then at times you need to be hurt in mm-hmm. order for you to understand what it is to grow, mm-hmm. right? So you, you got to figure you out know. your boundaries and you got to learn how to lose, you know, you yeah. got to learn what that is and how to recover from that stuff. If you're always protected, you're never going to learn that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is true. I'm sorry I asked such a deep question late, so 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 late into this. Right. <laughs> I see Don down there. Don's giving the quad wiggle. Like my butt hurts. I gotta go. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. I gotta move. I'm doing my weight chips here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I didn't mean to give such sorry. a long answer on that. Oh, no, it's okay. It was my fault. <laughs> I, I, that's a whole nother episode. That question. I mean, that's a whole nother episode's worth of worth of a question right there. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But uh, I was just, I was just curious for myself, you know I mean? I know that that's something I've dealt with many times in my life. So, um, you know, it's just, what, it, it's and not out of bad and not, out of, you know, they're not, it's not bad things. And it would, you know, my, I mean, I love my mother and my mother's done so many good things for me, you know, like so much of it's cultural. With, yeah. Some of it's that too. I yeah. Mean, there's, I mean, there's all it's all kinds of things involved in it. Yeah, there's a lot. It's it's a it's a very in depth subject because there's so much societal stuff that's added into this. So, yeah. Sean, is that yeah. is that where you get that good hair from from your mom? <laughs> He's like, yep. Yeah. So she did. She surely did you justice. <laughs> maybe, we bring, maybe we should bring your mom in sometime and interview her. She's got a lot to tell. I'm sure. Oh, I can just. Oh, imagine. that'd be good. I yeah, can let's... just imagine. I want to know how many times she wanted to actually pull a belt out and whoop Sean. <laughs> or how many times she did. <laughs> just, just whoop me in this chair running around. And <laughs> would love to know that one. Would love yeah. to know. She, did she uh, ever say any statements like, I'm doing this because I love you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to incriminate my mother on the show. <laughs> I love you, mom. So, yeah. um, That's all the moms out there that have put up with all of us. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, 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 I love my mom to death. I mean, she's, she's, Me she's a wonderful person. So I'm not ever trying to say that. I, she's a very strong individual and so am I. And she, she raised me to be that. And um, yeah. Where did, you, where did gullibility come from? Because I know you was gullible. I don't know what you're talking about. I worked that out of me. Society has beat this out of me. Sure. Well, look, I know we're bordering on right on the hour mark, somewhere around the hour. So, um, yeah, we all need, I think I'm that one right there with you. I know Don's down there, probably already food already ordered and sitting on the table. That's why he keeps right looking at us. <laughs> I can smell dinner right now. So. <laughs> right. Nice. Me too. Look, me too. <laughs> 
Yeah. See, I can I I can tell Don just by his by his movements when he's ready to get done. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, I look. I appreciate like always the three of you being so open and honest um, about what it is that we talk about on here. Um, and so, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. And, thank you so. Uh, Thank you guys for th- for Mr. Eric Kenning for coming up with our with our our topic today. Right. Sorry, I, I teased you. Questions, leave your comments. We want to hear from you? Yeah, please yeah. leave questions, comments. Hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, hit call Eric at six zero two something something something. I'm something, not helping something. you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He'll insert it in. I promise you. He'll put it on there. No, no. Just watch a previous episode, people. We, you know what the introductions are. <laughs> they haven't changed. <laughs> He'll put it in here somewhere. I'm sure. Right. Probably oh, not. shout out to Danny Hilton for our, our new lo- little logo thing. Oh, that logo rocks. I love that new logo. That is an <laughs> awesome logo, man. Danny, thank you very much for your kindness in making this logo. Um, yes. So yeah, it's awesome. We appreciate you. We, and he listens. He's a listener too. So thank you. Um, well, maybe we need to have him on, have him on the show and just see what it's like to be friends with the, uh, the old Sean Dallas Hall. I mean, you say, Sean, yeah, Sean yeah I think we got to do this. Oh, what I, do you mean? I didn't say anything. I don't know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Danny, if you're listening, he was totally throwing you under the bus, man. Yeah. Cause all I was like, why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'd have to put about six or seven of the parental logo or advisories throughout that episode. But oh, yeah, I'll smear it with parental advisories all over the place. We'll get big highlighted words. I don't care. <laughs> Let's get them in here. Uh, it could be interesting. I don't know. He, he traveled well, across the country with me once once before. So. <laughs> okay, was he the one that set set you on the floor? No. Okay. Okay. I just. I'm sure just, he's wanted to, but no. no. We might be able. To, you know, we could get we could get that guy on too at some point. But I mean, again, look, I need to see some some of your friends. Mm. I had my brother on here as one for the good guy. You guys need to bring some of your family. I I, I brought my friend in. I brought my friend in. Yeah, I want Ron that. Jeremy. I mean, <clears throat> what was his name? Ron Jeremy. What was that? Ron Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, he's named after another famous guy. What was his name? Uh, Tom Morello. <laughs> Tom Morello. That's right. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, he's gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see, look, you're dragging me on, and I just can't stop. So anyway, all right. Until next week, or yeah, we got guests coming up soon. Hopefully, uh, yep. who are the names? Real quick, who do you have after tennis season? Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin. Yeah, I talked Caitlin. to her. She's good to go after after uh, after tennis season. She's good to go. She she's she's all yeah. She's excited. So I'm excited. Caitlin, to have her. what's her last name? Um. Oh, you don't want to say it on here? I, I can't pronounce it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Well, it starts Caitlin V. <laughs> yeah, she she was a Paralympian. Um, um, I think a three-time Paralympian. 
mm -hmm. uh, tennis player. So, um, yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, then hopefully we're going to have Chair Devils on. You can find them on Instagram at Chair Devils. They do super cool artwork um, all revolving around people in wheelchairs. So awesome stuff. Uh, and then if anybody else, you know, guests, anybody wants to be a guest, leave us a message, leave us a comment, hit like, hit subscribe. Until next time, peace. Peace.